Hi, I'm Norm Tabler, host of the AHLA podcast series, Speaking of Health Law, where we focus on the lighter side of health law. I hope you enjoy this month's edition. The Imaginative Defense Award. From time to time, we come across a legal defense that's so darn imaginative, it merits an award. This month's winner is all the more impressive because he's not a lawyer. He's a layman and a young one at that. Standing outside a St. Petersburg, Florida resort, 28-year-old Levi Miles spotted young Chloe Rimmer admiring a $300,000 yellow Ferrari Spider. Naturally, Levi told Chloe the Spider was his. When Levi asked for the keys, the parking attendant asked for the claim ticket. Levi said it was in the car and he'd bring it over on his way out. The attendant gave him the keys and Levi and Chloe drove away without giving the attendant the claim ticket or a tip. Well, as you've guessed by now, the spider did not belong to Levi. It belonged to Orlando attorney Skip Fowler. Skip is suing the resort for what might be called parking attendant malpractice. Meanwhile, the police pulled Levi over, not for driving a stolen car, but because the taillights weren't working and he clearly didn't know how to operate it. Levi has been charged with grand theft auto, and this is where the imaginative defense comes in. Levi's position is that he did not steal the car. The attendant gave it to him. You can't make this up. The $5 million comma. Punctuation nerds love to argue over the serial comma, the comma you may or may not insert before the last item in a list. Leaving the comma out saves space and avoids looking prissy, but it can lead to ambiguity. Say an article reads, quote, the winner thanked her parents, comma, State Senator June Smith and Representative Sam Jones. Are Smith and Jones her parents? A comma after Smith would have told us they were not. Without it, we're unsure. In Maine, the overtime statute had a perishable food exemption covering activities such as canning, processing, and preserving, all separated by commas. The end of the list reads, quote, comma, packing for shipment or distribution. Oakhurst Dairy said those last five words are two different activities. One is packing for shipment, the other is distribution. There's no comma because the legislative drafting manual says not to use the serial comma. The delivery drivers countered is just one activity, packing for shipment or distribution. We don't do any packing. All our distribution is non-exempt, so we get overtime. When the drivers sued, everyone agreed that if there had been a comma after packing for shipment, the dairy would win. The district court sided with the dairy, but on appeal, the First Circuit reversed, holding that the missing comma made the statute ambiguous, and under Maine law, an ambiguity in that statute is resolved in favor of workers. In February, the two sides settled the dispute for $5 million. Meanwhile, Maine rewrote the statute to reflect the dairy's position. If you're wondering whether Maine inserted the serial comma, the answer is no. They avoided the problem by omitting commas altogether and using semicolons. The case is O'Connor versus Oakhurst Dairy, First Circuit. Don't make me stop this car. Remember when you were a kid riding with your obnoxious brother in the back seat on a long family trip and you and your brother started arguing, then yelling, and then fighting, and finally your dad had had enough and he thundered, like the voice of doom, don't make me stop this car. Dad never actually stopped the car because you and your brother were so terrified of what would happen if he did, you behaved yourself. The First Circuit recently issued its own don't make me stop this car warning. It happened after the defendant, a medical laser firm, appealed the same issue for the fifth time, always making essentially the same argument, 
And that's not even counting the petitions for rehearing and for certiorari. The court once again rejected the defendant's argument, the same one it had been rejecting for years. In a separate opinion issued the same day, the court reluctantly decided not to impose sanctions on the defendant's lawyers, but it issued a don't-make-me-stop-this-car type warning, noting, quote, defendant's briefing recycles briefing from their previous appeal. The court thundered in its best dad-like voice, this case is at an end and we will not be charitable to any additional attempts at prolonging it. Dad couldn't have said it better himself. The case is Angiodynamics versus Biolitech in the First Circuit. The Steve Martin defense. Those of a certain age will remember the all-purpose excuse provided by Steve Martin in his old stand-up routines, the I forgot excuse. When the IRS asks why you didn't pay your taxes, you simply say, I forgot. Well, proving again that truth is stranger than fiction, the United States government tried the I forgot defense in explaining its failure to turn over notes prepared by its star witness in the false claims case against Medicare nursing homes. Medicare preparing to depose the government star witness, Dr. Clearwater, subpoenaed, quote, all notes prepared by or for her. Dr. Clearwater produced no notes and said she didn't remember making any notes. But an employee testified that there were notes, 131 pages of them. When the government belatedly turned them over, well after Dr. Clearwater's deposition, Medicare moved for sanctions. What was the government's response? Quote, Dr. Clearwater forgot. Steve couldn't have said it better himself. The court barred Dr. Clearwater from testifying and ordered the government to pay Manorcare's legal costs of pursuing the motion for sanctions. With its star witness excluded, the government dismissed the case after eight years of litigation. The case is U.S. X-Rail Ribic versus Manorcare in the Eastern District of Virginia. Maybe the yacht was the tip-off. In Henry IV, Shakespeare wrote that discretion is the better part of valor. The context was a battlefield, and Falstaff was playing dead instead of fighting. But it's not just on the battlefield that discretion is a good idea. Being discreet is nearly always the safest bet. That's the lesson of a recent false claims decision in Missouri. Dr. Fong was a neurosurgeon in Cape Girardeau, and he must have noticed that the distributors who sold the spinal devices for surgical procedures made hefty commissions. He encouraged his fiancée, Deborah, to become a medical device distributor. When she did, he ordered as much as $40,000 a day of medical devices from Deborah. Besides being engaged to Deborah, Dr. Fawn lived in a house she owned, and he got to use properties owned by companies she controlled. One of the properties was a yacht. And when people in Cape Girardeau see a surgeon sailing around in a yacht provided by his medical device distributor, they can't help noticing. Paul Cairns noticed, and he filed a whistleblower case alleging False Claims Act violations. As Paul saw it, Dr. Fong was violating the anti-kickback statute, which meant that the bills from the hospital to Medicare and Medicaid for the medical devices were tainted. Dr. Fong argued that he was innocent unless benefits from Deborah were the primary reason he bought from her. But the court ruled that if the benefits were even one reason, he was guilty. The court denied Dr. Fon's motion for summary judgment. The case is U.S. X-Rail Cairns versus DS Med in the Eastern District of Missouri. Well, that's it for this month's edition of the AHLA podcast series, Speaking of Health Law. I hope you enjoyed it. Check your AHLA Weekly and Connections magazine for the next edition of Speaking of Health Law.